This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the world globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting South Africa, which is celebrating a very special anniversary on April 27. It's called Freedom Day because on April 27, 1994, South Africa held its first democratic election when anyone could vote, regardless of their race, and all voters were treated equally. That's right, less than 30 years ago, more than 80% of all the people in South Africa were not allowed to vote in general elections because of the colour of their skin. Let's find out how much has changed in the southernmost country of the African continent. Strap yourselves in to the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner as we take off and take a squiz at South Africa. Just the facts. If you told me you were going to visit the capital of South Africa, well, you'd just have to be a bit more specific. It has three capitals. You'd go to Pretoria to visit government departments and ministers, Cape Town if you wanted to see laws being made in Parliament, and Bloemfontein if you wanted to go where all the courts are. And of course, if you wanted to go to South Africa's biggest city, you'd need to head to Johannesburg, which is home to more than 10 million people. That's one-sixth of the whole population, which, if you're not fast at fractions yet, means that South Africa's population is about 60 million people. About 80% of South Africa's citizens are black, and until those democratic elections in April 1994, South Africa operated under a system called apartheid that was set up by a small minority of white people who wanted to hold all the power in South Africa. Apartheid sounds a bit like a part, and that's kind of what it means. It means separateness. White people kept black people apart from them. So that not only couldn't they vote, they couldn't live where they wanted to live, they couldn't work where they wanted to work, they couldn't send their kids to the schools they wanted, they couldn't even swim at certain beaches, or drink out of bubblers that white people used. Most of the rest of the world tried to change this by placing sanctions on South Africa, similar to what many countries are doing to Russia now during the war with Ukraine. So you couldn't buy things made in South Africa or do business in South Africa, and South African athletes weren't allowed to compete in international competitions, so we didn't play them in rugby or cricket for years. Happily, much has changed since apartheid was dismantled, which means taken apart, and those elections were held in 1994. There's been a black president ever since, and each Freedom Day, South Africans reflect on how far their country has come, as well as how much further it has to go to undo the inequalities that occurred over so many decades. Here's one way that South Africa has become much more inclusive. Its new national anthem is sung in five languages. Africa, 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 Africa,
Remember, speaking a few words of someone's language is a great way to show respect. So let's learn the lingo. Perhaps not surprisingly for a country that was once a British colony, English is one of the official languages in South Africa. Another is a language called Afrikaans, which is very similar to Dutch because South Africa was once a Dutch colony too. Squiz Kid Neil, who was born in South Africa but now lives in Sydney, is here to teach us how to say good morning in Afrikaans. Go on, you give it a try. Thanks, Neil. Hey, how do you say thanks? Danke. Now, I bet that you have questions about the nine other official South African languages. They're all Indigenous and the national anthem starts off in the language of Kosa. We are so lucky to have received a message from South Africa, from Zizo, who speaks Kosa. Let's have a listen. Hello, how are you? My name is Zizo Gungu. I am 12 years old. I live in Guguletu, Cape Town, South Africa. One day I would love to visit Australia. Molo Unjani, Ikamalam Gu, Zizo Gungu. Dineminyaka A12, Dishala Ekugletu, Cape Town, South Africa. Dinga Vuya, Denye Imini, Dinduendwele, Australia. Well, we would love to have you visit, Zizo. Now that we can communicate a little bit, it's time for school. Sadly, for many kids in South Africa, school is not very good. Not long ago, the South African government admitted that three quarters of its public schools had no library. More than half had no internet. And shockingly, almost one in five schools has a pit latrine for toilets. And look, I don't blame you for asking, but I wish I didn't have to go into what a pit latrine is. It's a hole in the ground that you poo and wee into. The poo and wee just collects in the hole, so it can be pretty stinky. That's what one in five South African public schools have. <laughs> of course, there are also some amazing schools with well-stocked libraries, computers for each kid, and proper access to toilets and clean water. You can imagine how much easier it is for those kids to learn, can't you? And sadly, most of those kids are white. And most of those bad schools are in areas where mostly black kids live. So South Africa is still trying to fix a system that was very broken during apartheid. OK, let's talk about something fun. When people visit Australia, there are things they find amazing that we might take for granted, like kangaroos, koalas, echidnas and more animals. And when it comes to South Africa's animals, some are pretty astonishing. Believe it or not. Many people visit South Africa to go on safari, a word that means a trip to visit animals. If you're really lucky, you'll be able to spot the big five. Elephant. <coughs> buffalo. Leopard. <coughs> lion. And rhino. More than 100 years ago, those five were considered the hardest animals to hunt 
on foot. And while hunting is still allowed in parts of South Africa, I think I'll stick to shooting things with my camera. Kruger National Park in northeast South Africa is one of the biggest in the world and it doesn't allow hunting. It has more than 140 types of large mammals. The big five plus zebra, antelope, cheetahs, African wild dogs, hyenas, basically the whole cast of the Lion King. I've popped a great video into your episode notes that gives you a sense of what it's like to go on safari in Kruger, as well as three sample stories from a book called 101 Kruger Tales. Okay, that was an epic journey through a national park, and now I am starving. I think it might be... Dinner time. One of the most common dishes in South Africa is mealypup, which is a kind of corn porridge, and it's often served with a tomato-y stew and a special kind of beef sausage called borawurst on top. Maybe it's because it might be hard for you to find that sausage in Australia, or maybe it's because I'm just in a sweet mood, but I thought today we might skip straight to dessert, and I'm told the most famous South African dessert is milk tart, or melktert in Afrikaans. It's got a sweet pastry crust that's really easy to make, and the filling is a bit like cheesecake, but fluffier. Best of all, it doesn't need any special ingredients. Let's get cooking. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. How many capital cities does South Africa have? That is correct. There are three. Question number two. What was the name of the system that kept white people in power for so long in South Africa? Yeah, it was called apartheid. And question number three, how many of the big five animals can you name? You might want to hit pause for this one. That is correct. Elephant, buffalo, leopard, lion and rhino. Pat yourselves on the back if you've got all five. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to South Africa. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. <laughs>